biblical counseling training gave me a foundation to understand as I looked at people coming in the door, they all came in as an individual with a situation and life that's going on around them. Welcome to Biblical Counseling in Action. I'm Steve Byers, and this is a podcast that addresses questions like, how do these principles penetrate every facet of local church ministry? What does it look like when biblical counseling starts to impact the youth ministry, or our ladies' Bible studies, or our men's ministries, or the way leaders function together, or the way decisions are made in the church? And what does it look like in the lives of everyday church members who have been trained, or maybe who have been counseled, but now they're continuing to live out these principles in everyday life? That's what this podcast is all about. Welcome back to Biblical Counseling in Action. Today we're talking to Pastor Rod Hutton and his wife, Kathy. They've been here in Lafayette for seven years, and Rod has served on our pastoral staff for the past four. You know, I've said it on a lot of our podcasts, but with all of Faith's pastors, Rod wears a lot of hats. He oversees our newest community center, the North End Community Center. He provides pastoral leadership for our newest church plant, Faith Church North. Kathy has been just an integral part of serving as a pastor's wife, ministering in so many different ways, working here at the North End Community Center, which anytime you're starting something, having competent staff is so very, very important. She's about to transition into a new role, serving in our Faith Christian School, leading the counseling department there, which is very, very exciting as well. Rod and Kathy have a fascinating background. I know it's going to be very encouraging, probably surprising to many of our listeners, just to think about the way God has directed their hearts and lives and the way that they have been just willing to follow Him at each step along the journey. So, so we're talking about what it looks like for people to be trained in biblical counseling, even toward the end of what you might call their first career, and also how biblical counseling impacts urban community-based outreach ministry. So a, a lot of important things to talk about today. Rod, can you tell our listeners about your first career? Absolutely. I would tell you, Kathy and I have talked about this a number of times when we think about where we are today, that if we had ever sketched out where we thought we might be, the picture of today is not what we would have ever put on paper. <laughs> it rarely is, you know? The whole story starts, I mean, when I came out of college, I had the opportunity to become a naval officer, and I went into the submarine force and spent time there. The initial commitment was just for five years, and I thought I'd do that, and then Kathy and I would be off doing something, and our second career would have started long, long ago. <laughs> but the Lord had other plans, and He kept us in the Navy for quite a while until He truly captured our hearts hmm. and began changing us. It was when we were stationed in Omaha, Nebraska, that we were having dinner with our pastor at one of our prior churches, and we finished up dinner, and it was his wife, Terry, who was the one who just kind of looked across the table and says, you know, you ought to think you might want to be a campus pastor someday. Hmm. That just <laughs> got my mind started, and I began meeting with the, the pastors at that church and follow-on churches, and God put it on my heart and a desire to, be, to go into full-time ministry following our time in the Navy. Boy, that's a powerful point about just how one sentence 
can change the trajectory of a person's life. And praise God for a pastor's wife who would be thoughtful enough to make a comment like that. Yeah, we're absolutely thankful for their impact on our life and many others. And then we had no idea that we'd ever come to Lafayette, but in the one time in my 30 years in the Navy, they gave me the chance to choose where I would go to my next duty station. And we decided we did not want to go to Washington, (laughs) D.C. We wanted to... I began the Navy through the ROTC program. I wanted to finish the Navy with an ROTC program. Hmm. They offered me a list of five schools, and we looked at it and said, Purdue, that's where we want to go, knowing nothing else about Lafayette. It was actually when we traveled here for house hunting that we found Faith Church, Hmm. began learning. And then in those first few years that we were here, that it absolutely captured us. That's where we learned about biblical counseling. Hmm. And so as I talked to Dr. Oaken about the possibility of the training that I needed to go into full-time ministry, it also gave us the opportunity to go to the Biblical Counseling Training Conference in 2016. Hmm. And So in your naval career, what was it that you were doing at, before you came back here to Purdue to teach students? What was it that you were doing? Well, I was a submarine officer, so I like to say I drove submarines, but <laughs> what I really did was I watched other people work. I w- had the opportunity to be the commanding officer of a uh, submarine, the USS Georgia, and then after that time frame, a number of other opportunities to include being the commanding officer of a large schoolhouse in Georgia, and then the commanding officer of the ROTC unit here at Purdue. Hmm, wonderful, wonderful. So, Kathy, you saw all this unfolding. You heard what the pastor's wife said to Rod. Mm-hmm. You knew that would impact your heart and life. God Mm -hmm. brought you to Lafayette, and you started hearing about biblical counseling, Mm -hmm. and you're thinking, okay, maybe we are going to end up in some kind of ministry role after Rod, quote-unquote, retires from the Mm -hmm. Navy. What does that mean to my heart and life? Can you tell me a little bit about what was God doing in your heart, and why did biblical counseling become just such a passion for you? Sure. First of all, it was his idea that I get my master's in biblical counseling. Mm-hmm. He went to the biblical counseling training conference. I was homeschooling mm-hmm. the kids, and he knew I wanted more training, too. He saw that I had a desire to learn more, but it wasn't the time for me. At least I didn't think so. So we started that journey, and as we opened up into biblical counseling, we saw, uh, first of all, I, I saw the need of women coming to me and my not being equipped to mm-hmm. talk with those women. In a way that I felt equipped, I felt like nervous about it, you know, and, or maybe I should refer to other people. And I wanted to be equipped. I knew I was an older woman, and I was starting to turn the trend. I used to be the one who went to the older women, mm-hmm. and it was turning. Yep. Things were turning in my life, and women were coming to me more and more. You know, the gray hair kind of gives mm-hmm. it away. And so I wanted training, and so the Masters of Biblical Counseling is kind of where I started. We I also took the training conferences as well, and that was exciting for me. I just really dug it, you know, it was really great. And I started counseling women. And I think that it just, it gave me confidence that God's word was sufficient. Mm -hmm. So the more I learned about the sufficiency, that he really does have something to say about all areas of life, I felt like I could actually minister to women. And I wanted to minister. I just wanted to be alongside my husband and do ministry. We had no idea what that looked like. Mm. At that point, we didn't know. So how many children do you all have? We have five. And did you homeschool all of your kids? Yeah, I homeschooled all of them. Now I have two in faith Christian now. But. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you were somewhat on a parallel track because Rod was coming down to the end of his responsibilities in the Navy, so he was quote-unquote retiring. Mm-hmm. 
you were finishing up your responsibilities in homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And so it was okay, just like Rod's asking, Lord, what is next? Yeah. You were asking, Lord, what is next? So now you finally have some bandwidth, you have some breathing room. Yeah. And receiving your training in biblical counseling is part of what you did in yeah. order to be best prepared for the next step in God's will in your life. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one of the takeaways of that is for someone listening who would say, you know, I'm kind of in a similar place. What can I do? If you're interested in biblical counseling training, one option is our biblical counseling training conference in February. Mm-hmm. You can go online and check all that out. But there's seven different tracks of training. Generally, we have 1,800 to 2,000 people who participate either in person or virtually. And if that's a blessing to you, I would encourage you to think about that. There's also online training available seasonally throughout the year. Or, as Kathy just mentioned, the issue of actually pursuing a master's degree. And, Rod, I appreciate you being the kind of husband who would say, yes, I'm going to go to seminary, which is what <laughs> you did for three years to earn a Master of Divinity. But hey, honey, would you like to also go to seminary to receive a Master of Arts in Biblical Counseling at the same time? Because I would encourage you, if that's what you want to do, it's not all about me, it's about us. And so how can we be trained together to be most effective in God's work? One of the best decisions I made in our marriage. Is that right? Because it brought us together in so many ways, and it kept us on a path going down the same direction. It gave us the opportunity really to work together in growing and learning. I don't know how in the world you guys did that, because just being in seminary as you were, so you're finishing up, then you go through a three-year Master of Divinity program here at Faith Bible Seminary, tons of responsibilities, just all kinds of pressure, and then at the same time you're pursuing a degree in biblical counseling as a Master of Arts student. Wow, I can just picture papers spread out all over the dining room table late at night as you're studying and working on your classes and all that sort of thing. Is that kind of what it was like? There were times when I needed an editor or somebody to read something that was going on, and I got a good check from this side, and there were other times it came back the other direction. So was it a, I'll edit yours if you edit mine kind of a thing? Oh, for sure. For sure. And we have great kids, too, who love education, and we have some a gifted son who's a writer, and they were all on board, too. So they picked up some of that. They said... This is a season. So they yeah. picked up some of the load, you know. Our youngest, probably at the time when we started, maybe she was seven or eight when she started. We were, they weren't fake Christian quite yet. But yeah, they were seven or eight, but we had older kids living in the house that we kind of trained up to take care of one another. I don't know, you know, and God just put in their heart that this is where mom and dad are going. It was a family affair. It was. They so that's were all a good on board. point. That's a really good point that you're not yeah. empty nesters, no. and so the entire family had to be supportive of what it was that you believe God wanted you to do next. Yeah. So now we fast forward to where we are, and now you, Rod, have graduated from seminary. You've been on our pastoral staff. We were opening the North End Community Center, which was our third community center but by far the most challenging attempt, because at the invitation of the city, we were asked to come down to a wonderful part of our community, but clearly one of the most challenging parts of our community. And what the mayor said was, look, we can't tax our way out of these societal problems. We can't police our way out of all these cultural issues. 
And so we're asking Faith Church to come down and help us here. And so that was a process for us and a delightful process, but it's been a learning process for sure. And Kathy, you've been in the middle of it as well as you've helped us open this center. And it's just gone marvelously well. We have so many reasons for which to be thankful. But can you all talk to our listeners about the connection between biblical counseling and what it might look like in a formal setting, the, the way people would typically think about counseling, but what about when it hits the streets? So what about when you're involved in urban ministry, you're involved in being a, just a leader of a community center? What is the connection point between those things? One of the primary areas that we look at is when we opened, our goal was to open the doors and be welcoming to the entire community. Hmm. And that's going to bring a lot of things in and through your doors. There were still a lot of questions that were unanswered and challenges that we were going to have to walk through. And God was good to walk us through all of those. But one of the primary ways that he did that in me is through the biblical counseling training, it gave me a foundation to understand as I looked at people coming in the door, they all came in as an individual with a situation and life that's going on around them. Mm -hmm. And so how were they responding to that life was being played out in our community center. Yeah, it was. And so I can think of one situation where there was a gentleman. I was in my office. I don't have any idea what I was working on at the time, but I just saw him pacing back and forth outside my Mm -hmm. windows. And the only thing I could do was just to stand up, walk out, and just ask, how can I serve you? And that day he was struggling with just frustration and anger over situations going on in his life. And it became an opportunity to just ask him, well, would you like to just sit down and talk? Hmm. And as a counselor, having the training to begin to know how to first listen Hmm. and then to ask questions that show compassion and to be able to look at his life so that he doesn't feel like he's being thumped or condemned over why he's feeling the way he is, but then to be able to gently turn that conversation to his greatest need. Mm. And here we are now, four years later, we have that gentleman as part of our church on Sundays. Wow, wow. And it started with your sensitivity to push away from your desk, to be in a building where he would have felt welcome to come in, and then just sit down with him and then get to the point where now he's a part of our church family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That, that is wonderful. Kathy, how about for you? What have you seen? Yeah, so as the administrative assistant, I'm kind of like this is in our center, there's just this like hub mm-hmm. where our desks are and we're folding towels, we're running around, we're getting keys, we're you know opening doors, we're just running around all the time. So it's really hard sometimes to slow down and look at humanity mm-hmm. and as it walks in the door. But we get that every day, I think, the biblical counseling training has really helped me with understanding image bears, mm. God's image, and also like his sovereignty over things and how things happen for a reason, but also just doing our work and everyday business, people are watching us. And like it's like a, you could hear everything we say and do right in that little hub. And there's this one individual who uses our partners. We have 14 partners that partner with us at North End Community Center. And she was there all the time, and she had no idea that there was a church here. And one day she came up to the desk, and she's like, I see you guys cannot keep up with those towels. Can I help you with your towels? Hmm. And I'm like, sure. You know, and so she started folding towels, and she would kind of hear our conversation. And then all of a sudden he's, she's talking to Rod, and she's got lots of things, questions about things. She's mm-hmm. been to many different churches, mm-hmm. older person. 
And we invited her to church, and she it was a different kind of church than she'd ever been part of. She came to our church. Eventually, from the church, she started having conversations with everybody in oh, the yeah. room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you know. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. And she started having conversations with me. Well, eventually, we said, listen, I think you need biblical counseling. Hmm. Well, I already had a relationship with her. Yeah, that's right. And so I became, you know, I, gave, I was her counselor. And so through counseling, she came to our church. She is growing. She has a discipler now. And she's also become a member of our church. And so I think the reason we're there is to have a platform in order to bump into people hmm. <laughs> on purpose. But we have to be there to bump into them. And there are just all kinds of people walking through the door from the play space. Women can come to the play space and bump into lots of different kinds of people in the evenings. I think being a part of the sports that are going on, like our Taekwondo, we have lots of fans families who come in, I think 70% of them are on scholarship there, Mm -hmm. you know, those sorts of things. And so there's opportunities to meet them. That's the start. Yeah. And then using biblical counseling comes in as you build a relationship. So, you know, we are at the city's request located. It's a great neighborhood in a lot of ways. I love it down here in the North End, but sociologically, it has the highest degree of crime, the highest degree of domestic violence, the highest degree of poverty, et cetera. And yet we're open seven days a week. And so you never know who's going to walk in the door next. I remember we have a bus stop right outside our front door and my office faces that bus stop. And a police officer told me, look, we know there's a lot of drug activity at that bus stop, but we're not going to hold you responsible for that. And I walked away from that conversation thinking, <laughs> was that good news or was that bad news? What, what did I just hear there? So, so what that means to you all, yeah. because you're working right downstairs, right in the, at the front of all of this, what is it that prevents you from being afraid of, hey, that's going to be too complicated or that's going to be intimidating or that's going to be blah, blah, blah? Because, you know, city planners talk about the donut hole effect where cities can die from the inside because everybody flees to the suburbs. As soon as somebody can afford to move to the suburbs, that's where they move. As soon as churches can, right, many times just fling to the suburbs, leaving this hole. And so that's why the city asked us to come down here. So we actually, though we have a couple of suburban campuses, we came down here at the city's request. What is it that gives you all the confidence that you would stay in a setting like this knowing that the people that are going to come through our door are probably different than doors in other places in our town? One of the things that we've got on our side is the truth. Yeah. And so understanding how God's Word and the truth is impacting every life has every impact on our ability to be able to be in an environment that certainly there are time frames when we may feel uncomfortable because God's using that to stretch and shape and mold me. Mm. But at the same time, He's given me the, all that I need. It was literally just last evening. We had a couple come in to the building. They'd been waiting outside. It was warm, and they wanted a place to just come in. But we do ask that folks, when they come to the building, are here to engage in one of the services of the building rather than just to sit all day long. That caused a reaction because they didn't like my policies. Hmm. But just being able to engage them for a few moments, as that conversation went on, The time that I found most encouraging was as he allowed me to spend some time and listen, to be able to share the gospel, but then to pray with him. He was very agitated for quite some time until God's truth had the opportunity to be able to bring a little bit of peace and calm Hmm. 
and walk away from that. So that was just very encouraging. Yeah, yeah. You know, Kathy, you mentioned that we have a number of secular partners in this building. And that may sound odd to some who are listening, but that was part of our strategy. We decided that when we came down here to work, and as we got to meet a number of just marvelous nonprofit leaders, we did not want to duplicate services. So if there was another organization already working down here, we did not want to trample on what they were doing. We wanted to try to serve alongside them. We're not going to in any way compromise what we believe, but we can still walk shoulder to shoulder with many people. And so what we ended up doing, though by God's grace we own this building, and the city wanted us to own this building, and our external donors wanted us to own this building, they wanted us to operate this, But in many ways, it's like a mall because we have a number of secular nonprofits that have space in this building. They didn't have to pay for it because of the generous funding that was given, nor do they pay rent. What they pay is their utilities. So we separately metered many of these spaces for utilities, and then they pay a small common maintenance fee. But we have all kinds of secular partners, like Big Brothers Big Sisters would just be a logical partner for us the Latino Center for Health and Education would just be a logical partner for us. The Hanna Center, which serves black persons in our town, would just be a logical partner. Bauer, which serves low-income families with preschool services. The Tippecanoe Senior Center, those are just logical partners for us. Then you're working with people day in and day out who may not have any kind of faith commitment whatsoever. Where has biblical counseling principles impacted communication, um, conflict resolution? Is this a hot mess, or is it a relatively smooth-running organization of people who may not always believe the same way, but who do get along remarkably well? What do you think about that? I certainly wouldn't say that we're a smooth-running organization, (laughs) but... But the purpose and an understanding that our goal across all of these organizations is to serve our community well, Mm -hmm. that has brought a bridge that allows us to be able to continue to serve across all of those boundaries. And yet at the same time, all of our partners have been incredibly welcoming about being a part of the activities. It took some time to build those relationships. It did. But as those relationships built... They recognize our purpose, and they will lean and move people towards us because we know they know that we have something with biblical counseling, with the church, with the community center, where there are areas that they can't meet. They will point folks towards us because they know that we have something they're unable to do. Hmm. Kathy, what have you seen in just relationships with our partner agencies? Yeah, that's been a lot of fun because I've been kind of part of what we would call partner billing. So it was part of my job and a lot of it was communications and mm-hmm. also like working with them for, we did Fall Fest here instead mm-hmm. of what we called Trunk or Treat, we did a Fall Fest. And so we couldn't do it without them. They had all of, every single one of them was involved and they had a table and did things. So they build relationships with us. They've also know that we're a safe place to send people if there's problems. Mm-hmm. We've had people come and say, can I send our daughter to VBS? What's going on there? I think Bauer has reached out about counseling, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. You know, so we've been, like, I've been kind of been able to have a communication. There, I'm kind of like the hub. Rod is the main guy, but, you know, I'm the one that kind of funnels that. And so they knew they could come down and ask, and we're a safe place for that. Yeah, you know, 
there were certainly people in our community as we were putting all of this together from a design perspective that were certain that nonprofits could not collaborate together under the same roof, that it would fall apart just for all sorts of reasons. But there was also a desire on the part of business and community leaders to try because there are built-in efficiencies when people collaborate. There's no question about that. So, for example, you go around this building, not everybody has their own copier. We have one large room that has a couple of copy machines about as long as my car, but we share them. And so we share those expenses. Not everybody has a conference room in their space. Mm -hmm. We share our conference rooms. Not everybody has a staff kitchen. We have one. And so when business leaders and donors walk into this facility, they like it because of the efficiency of it all. They like it because of the collaboration. But there was also the prediction that, well, okay, you pulled together the collaboration. It'll probably last about six months, but then people will start getting mad. You won't be able to get along. People will be leaving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think one of the interesting aspects of this is that our core partners are still part of the community center. And I think if you went around from partner agency to partner agency and asked them, okay, if you had it to do over again, would you have joined this adventure? I think they would say absolutely. Is is that the way you're seeing it? I believe that's true as well. And I think that just comes to when we look at how do we look at our partners, the important thing is to understand that they are just like us. They may be coming from a different position. They may not agree with us on all things, including theologically, but ultimately I'm looking at them from a biblical counseling lens of what God's going to tell me about who they are. And as such, I want to serve them and help them. So my goal over the last four years is never that I would take one of our partners and make them more like faith, but to see how can we as the North End Community Center and as faith serve them to be more effective at being who they're called to be. So make Hannah more Hannah, make Bauer more Bauer. Yeah, and I think by loving our neighbors, because that's really what it comes down to, we're we're talking about loving our neighbors, then when there is a spiritual interest or need, we're right there. And what you made the comment before, Kathy, and The relationship is already established to some degree. And so you're right that there have been instances where a family at Bauer who has their child in Head Start Preschool expressed to the staff, hey, we're having some challenges in our marriage. Well, that person at Bauer was able to say, well, there's a counseling center in this building. It's faith-based, but would you like me to help make that connection? And we've had teachers walk with their parents to the door of our counseling center to help them receive biblical counseling here. And so that's one of the questions. You just have to step back and ask, well, how else would that have happened if we hadn't established the kind of relationship that we established with Bauer? And we just try to live by biblical principles in the way that we communicate and do conflict resolution. And there's a natural attraction to the light of the gospel through that, isn't there? Absolutely. And so I think as churches, you know, not every church is going to say, well, wow, we're going to go build an urban community center tomorrow. But, you know, there's a lot of church buildings that are sitting vacant for most of the days of the week. And if those facilities can be reclaimed for community use, where you're able to partner with other agencies, even if it's not where they have permanent space in the building, but they know they can use that 
portion of the building or that port to host their class or to host their event or whatever, all of a sudden you're starting to interact with your unbelieving neighbors in a way that, well, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If you're going to do that, you have to be among men, <laughs> right? Yeah. You can't yeah. be hyper-separated from those who don't yet know the Lord, and you have to understand the nature of the darkness in the community in which you live, and then you have to look for ways that they may see your good works. Yeah. They're only good <laughs> if they address some level of the darkness that exists in the community. And we have plenty of people who wouldn't necessarily believe in our Jesus yet, but they would say, faith is doing good things in this part of town and helping make this a better place. Mm -hmm. If we can get there, that's the good first step. We see that through the folks that are coming in any time of the day and the relationships that are built with those that are coming into the fitness center in the mornings and it builds opportunities. Our staff that comes in at those times of the morning, I love hearing about how we've got guests coming in saying, "What's what do you have for a word for the day? Yeah. And really? they want to have yeah. those kind of relationships and building with the community. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, over time, we don't look like a church, mm. but when we tour th- folks through the building, when we get to build the relationship and go and let them know that, you know, here on Saturday night, we're going to set the chairs up on Sunday morning. We're going to come and worship so that on Sunday afternoon, guys can be back to playing basketball again. But let's not forget what that court is there for. And yep. it's so that we can share the light of Christ. Well, and even, you know, this coming Sunday, I think I have the privilege of preaching here. Is that right? Yeah. We'll see you here okay. on Sunday. <laughs> That's right. I have trouble keeping track of my schedule, but I thought that was true. So I have the privilege. So like you say, Saturday night, a team will set up our gym for a worship service. We'll have the privilege of having a couple of worship services here. And then we immediately flip it because we have the opportunity to host a end of season party for a group here that provides a softball team for children and adults with special needs, with developmental disabilities. And so in that very same space where I will have preached the gospel in the morning, hopefully I'll be living the gospel along with a number of people from our church who are just trying to serve this same group. I think that's what biblical counseling in action is all about. And you think about families with children or adults with special needs, there's a lot of hurting right there. And then what a great opportunity to love them in the name of Christ and then just see where that relationship goes. Those are some of the best days in the building because they just bring life into the building. Absolutely, they do. So, you know, you two very easily could have retired. You could have got a place down in Florida or a place on a lake somewhere and just no one has heard from the Huttons again. But you've really chosen to invest your heart and life at this stage in challenging, challenging ministry. Any words of advice for people (laughs) who are in a similar life stage and thinking, do I go play golf the rest of my days or something else? Well, we look at it and we ask ourselves what's going to be meaningful about today. Mm. And, you know, I love the game of golf, and I'd love (laughs) to go spend an awful lot of time on a golf course, but is that what God really wants me to be doing? And where can I have an impact for the gospel? And so when we looked at finishing up time in the Navy, God's given me uh, time and some energy, less than I used to have, but it's still some there. Absolutely. And he wants it to be used for his glory. And I can't imagine doing anything else right now. Yeah. Kathy, would you agree with that? Oh, my goodness, yeah. Yeah. 
this is not what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. We thought it would be, some, you know, just kind of doing some discipleship or something. You know, yeah. We just thought we'd trust the Lord. We've yeah. done that for a while, and He brought us here. And I can't, I can't imagine doing anything else. This is amazing. Well, you're all in, right? This oh, isn't sure. semi-retirement. <laughs> I mean, you are all in, and you are all in deep. And you're such an encouragement to me and such an encouragement to our church family and to our community. So thanks for taking the time to share your story today. Well, thanks for having us on. Thanks. You can check out more about our ministry at faithlafayette.org. Or if you're interested in receiving biblical counseling training, go to faithlafayette.org slash conferences. You can find these presentations wherever you normally access your podcasts. And you could really help us just to get the word out by telling your friends on social media that these presentations are going to be available. Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast honors the Lord and is a blessing to you.